Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Subtext. I know, there's a problem. I can see you right now in the kitchen bending over a hot stove. I can't see this stove. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! You climb up because my gold people fuck! You know that private time? I used to fuck guys like you in prison. I'm gonna put a bullet hole in your fucking forehead. I'm gonna fuck the brain off! I'm Born insecure junkyard motherfucker! Fuck you! Yeah, that's my message to you. Fuck you and kiss my ass. Kicking stinky horseman horse smelling motherfucker, you! You dirty piece of slime! You scum sucking pig! You son of a motherless goat! Found you, you robot! Honey, you got real ugly. No, you're okay. This one, real fucking ugly. Furthermore, you can all go fuck yourselves. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. We are live. Do it live. <laughs> Pardon me. What there. is happening, my friend? What's happening is I'm holding my breath while you're running everything. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I'm not sorry. I'm just I'm trying to get it done. Is what I'm trying to do. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Movie Sucktastic. Yeah, episode sixty-seven. Already. Already. Cool. Already. Already. Seven. Yeah. My camera, so, my webcam, is playing games with me. Ooh, All right. So what's on the schedule for today, sir? Not much. Uh, we're going to do the top ten like we always do. We're going to review Crocodile Dundee, which is your challenge to me. And I, Crocodile Dundee, too, if you've seen it. I have seen it. And we can talk about both. I, I've seen... Well, I've seen these movies, like, so many times. Mm -hmm. Oh, so yeah. So many times. Yeah. So, let me get you. Uh, let me get you in the shot here. Get the shot. 
I will be zooming in and out at random. At just to, random. Just to keep you on your uh, toes. That's okay. That's all right. All right, there we go. Here we go. All right. You are in the shot now. Isn't that lovely? Oh, jeez. Look at my... Uh... <laughs> it's, called, it's called... It's it's It automatically finds my head, but my head is so big, it confuses the camera. <laughs> so it ends up, like, scoping... Like, it's trying to get around my head to find out where the real human head is. Oh, I see. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm used to it. All um, right. L let's go ahead and uh, we'll start the top ten. Yes, get yes. Get music going here. Hit, hit it with the music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Idiot? Excuse me? Is it playing? Of course it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, all right. This is going to be the top ten for from March 30th through uh, April 1st. Good old April Fool's Day. Yeah. Oh, you know what I realized? Ah, there we go. That's better. As an April Fool's joke, uh, Mitt Romney's uh, campaign coordinators brought him in for it to do, do a uh, press conference thing, a, a speak and greet to, oh, for people, boy. and they, they they brought him into an empty auditorium. <laughs> oh, which, really? Yeah, which is kind of funny and, until you realize in, in a lot of cases it's, it's not far from the truth. Right. And and then it becomes like a sad joke, especially if he loses, <sighs> which that would be a sad joke on everybody, yeah. but... I'm not trying to get into politics, but I mean, no, there's, no, so, no, no. there's so I, much going on. It just, there is a lot going on. And a guy like me that's not really into politics, I just can't help but pay attention. You know what the best April Fool's joke was this year? What's that? Supreme Court deciding now you can be strip searched for jaywalking. Really? <laughs> Only it wasn't an April Fool's. Uh, no, there, yeah, they, they had a case before them uh, where somebody was strip searched twice and held detained for a week for a uh, a arrest warrant for a parking ticket that shouldn't have existed and he actually had on him a note saying you know this this warrant shouldn't be out there it's a false warrant they arrested him for what was basically a, a parking ticket violation and they strip searched him twice he took him to court went to the supreme court and huh. supreme court said no despite the fact what everyone thought was that you couldn't be uh strip searched for menial things like that they said no Anytime you're arrested for any reason whatsoever, police can strip search you. That includes protesting. If you're protesting a political event now, police can arrest you and strip search you. Get at it. Jesus so, Christ. So, so, so another way, again, that America is raping the citizens of this country. There, I've alienated half our audience. Let's go on to films. <laughs> uh, again, this is going to be the top 10 for March 30th through April 1st. I guess the time that ticks this down is... for how long the top 10 takes starts right now. Okay, and this is what happens when I, when we record at 10 o'clock at night after I've been busy all day. Yeah. <laughs> all right, the number 10 film is Journey to the Mysterious Island. Yes! With $810,000. No, wait, wait, wait. That's number one? That's number 10. That's number, oh, number, oh, we're going backwards. Okay. We've been doing that for months. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So Journey's still up there, 800 million? 810,000. 810,000. Okay, see, if it was 800 million... I mean, total. In total, how much is it made? I thought, that's what I thought that number was. Um, let's see. In total, 98 million. 98 million. Yes. That's not, okay, that's not too bad. Nah, it's not bad at all. Okay. Uh, number nine is 1,000 words with 902,000. These movies, I mean, 
this is the top 10. There are so many movies in the top 10 making so much money. When, because you get down to the bottom half, mm-hmm. you're getting films in the top 10, eight, 900,000, which is rare to mm-hmm. have for a movie to be in the top 10 and not have made over a million. That's because all the money is being sucked to the overhyped number one film, which we'll talk about shortly. Yes. Uh, the number eight film is Act of Valor with $1 million. Um, that's made uh, $67 million so far. Uh, again, propaganda. We mentioned this a million times already. So moving on is the number seven film called Salmon Fishing in the Vemen or Vemen. I missed that, that one. Is that a what? documentary? Sa- I'll guess who's looking that up while you're talking. Salmon fishing? 1.2 million. It's made 3 million so far. I bet you anything that... It was uh, number 16 last week. I bet you anything Morgan Freeman uh, narrates it. Salmon. Oh, Ill <laughs> oh, McGregor's in it. It's got to be good. So it's a, it's a real movie, not like a documentary or anything like that. Sa- Yemen. It's pronounced Yemen, sir. I said Yemen. You said you, you whatever you said. It wasn't Yemen. It's Yemen. Did I say Yemen the second time? Uh, I don't. I heard the first one, and that was all I heard. Pretty sure I said Yemen the second time. I corrected a, myself. A fisheries expert is approached by a consultant to help realize a sheik's vision of bringing the, the sport of fly fishing to the desert. Did you say consultant? Consultant. Yes. Consultant. Consultant. Shut up. <laughs> to bring fly fishing to the desert. Ah, I I, I see a comic premise. Okay. And embarks on an upstream journey, <laughs> that's a pun, of faith and fish, alliteration, to prove the impossible possible. Yay. Sounds, sounds lovely. Well, at least Hugh McGregor is in it. That's a, I guess that's a, an up point. I, I'll see him in anything, and, I, and, I, and I'm not even gay, and I'll yeah. see anything. The number six film is John Carter with uh, $2 million. <laughs> I gotta see that. It's made that. uh it's it's made sixty six million so far. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago that Disney is pretty much they pretty much have announced they're taking a two hundred million dollar loss on this movie. Good. And I hope they do the same with Avatar two electric blue. That you know that's gonna do well. Don't don't start with me. Let's let's, let's you, not get into that now. You let's know not. it is. I brought it up, so let's not talk about it. All right. The number five film is Dr. Seuss's The Lorax with $7.7 million. It's made $189 million so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess you could just it's it's a big hit for Universal. It, it just, it's a big hit. I know you were talking about, don't give me the face. <laughs> I know it's, you were talking about they were trying to lure they, parents in to, well, they, they to, to spent look so at much, SUVs through their kids. The minute Dr. Seuss died, they spent they spent all this effort making all these live-action versions of all these Dr. Seuss movies, and then they finally get around to the Lorax, and they do an animated thing, which they probably could have done while he was still alive. So, you know, what was all that bullshit about before? Uh, yeah. You know? I mean, I and, 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 and... Again, and, I, I mentioned this before, in the past for other films... I think timing had a big, a big uh, part in why this film was so successful. Because, <sighs> like uh, you actually mentioned it, there were no, there's no other kids' films when this film no. was released. None. So, well, besides Journey, but no car animated features. But no, that had already been out for a few weeks. But still, there's no other animated features. It's the only real animated. Correct. Sure. Yeah, so, 
Moving on is the number four film, 21 Jump Street, with 14.8 million. Uh, it's made 92 million so far. I want to see the, the, the humorous outtake where uh, Jonah Hill accidentally shoots himself in the head, lo- uh, cleaning his gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not in there. No, wait, that's a dream I had. Over it's a dream. <laughs> and it's not an outtake. It actually happens. Oh. <laughs> but, th- but And he's not cleaning the gun. I'm holding it. You're <laughs> the number three film is Mirror, Mirror uh, in its opening weekend. Okay. With 18 million. All I'm going to say is it looks like a cheesy comedy uh, that they cranked out quickly to capitalize the, battle, the Snow White and the Huntsman. To capitalize on the 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 media focus on that, I give it full credit because they used real dwarves. Uh, that's yeah. that's it. In the land in the world of CGI, I was actually shocked to see the trailer and see real dwarves in it. They get full credit. I don't care how bad of a movie it is. They used real dwarves. That's the uh, not since Time Bandits have we seen a cast of that many dwarves in one setting. Probably right. They get full credit for that. Finally, we've got more. I'm t- you know it, it's five years straight, and the only midget we get to see is the only dwarf we get to see is that goddamn uh, one from the the funeral movie and the 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 station agent oh, film. Oh, Peter, no. Uh, Link uh, Dinklage. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's in Game of Thrones now. Death of Death of a. But he, you know what? To give him, you know, credit where credit's due, he's he's great. He's good, but he's so. But since he was in our house, he's like the go-to guy now. But here's the point: since he was in our house film, uh, Station Agent, and it got all this critical acclaim, then he was in everything. He was in both versions of Death at a Funeral. Didn't that take place? The Station Agent. Didn't that take place in New Jersey? Yes, it did. Right. I'm almost positive it's. If not, there was a New Jersey Gabon in it. Mm. So it was at least, yeah, it was it was in that kind of area. I forget if it was Jersey proper. I've seen it. I just don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Jersey. Yeah, I'm almost I'm almost willing to agree with you on that. But you know, five years we've had a drought where he's the only dwarf we've got. Now we've got like a dozen dwarves. Or the all of a sudden they they, they had to find all these dwarves. We we have dwarf talent we never would have seen before because that jackass and a talented jackass was crowding the spotlight of the dwarf. Do you think it's really his fault though? No, I'm not. I'm not blaming him. I, I, I you know, you just I call take, him a jackass. I take back the jackass <laughs> part because the entertainment industry jackasses were focusing right. only on him. I pop. You know what? You're right. I was out of line. I was so angry that the fact that talented dwarves were being ignored. I'm getting motion sickness from this. It keeps going back and forth. I apologize. I don't, know why. I don't have this problem. I should turn it off, but then that would be too easy. <laughs> but yeah, they got dwarves, real yeah. dwarves, se- seven of them. Yeah. Full credit. Okay. I agree. I agree. All right. The number two film, <laughs> don't do that, is <laughs> The Wrath of the Titans with $33.4 million in its opening weekend. Seen the trailer. I feel the same way after seeing the trailer from the first film. I so don't give a fuck. I, I, I need to do a double feature now of the first and second one. I, I, I agree. I agree. I think we should screen the first one like like a, like a, a mad, bad movie day kind of thing. You want to do the screen? Okay, yeah. I, I either either at the bad movie day or do like like a version where we play it on voice on live stream and just and just you know bitch about it while it's on. Well, yeah, we can do that. Uh, we have a bad we have a bad movie day coming up soon, either in April or May. We can that could be uh, one of the films that we consider. You know. Mm-hmm. Sure, I, I I would love to do that. Actually, first one was bad. 
first one really sucked. <laughs> you know why this is happening? I guarantee this is happening because your uh, your webcam isn't set for widescreen. It's no. trying to fit it in a standard. Shot. I ha I have it set for a head following mode. I told you. Why did why? Because it falls my head, but my head's so big that it gets confused. Here, I'll I'll take it off. I'll take it off if that's bothering you. It's not bothering me. It seems like it's bothering you. No, I'm just enjoying it. I'm having fun with myself because I'm I'm not allowed to watch our actual show while we're filming because yeah, because your bandwidth, the bandwidth. Blows. Yeah. Sorry. Don't blame me. If blame we're, if we're being honest. Verizon. Well, it's high speed DSL. Actually, if you take the letters of Verizon and mix them around, Verizon actually an anagram for fucktards. <laughs> I don't think so, but well, you have to add a couple letters. Here. You got to add a. Couple. It works. It, it, in a roundabout way, it works. Okay. Uh, and the number one film in its second week is The Hunger Games with $58 million. It's made $248 million so far in two weeks. It's not even two weeks. It's the second weekend. So it's like 10 days. I, I was in a used bookstore last weekend. Okay. Um, and while I was perusing the back racks... Mm-hmm. I heard, uh, um, I was looking for, you know, French philosophy, that kind of thing, you know. Right. Porn. And three times I heard people come in and ask the same question. Do you have the Hunger Games? Do you have the Hunger Games book? <sighs> this is another one of those examples of the, the, the fan base of the book pushed the movie. It's the new Harry Potter. It's become a cycle now. It's become boring. Well, yeah, because Harry Potter is done, so they need to latch on to something new. I actually read the first, I'd say, five five chapters of The Hunger Games years ago. Okay. I'd gotten it as a review copy, and I never finished. I, I reviewed it. I just never finished reading it. I don't know. I should admit to that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was I was nice, so that's fine. I didn't trash it. But it... it I have a lot of issues with. I have a lot. My number one issue, of course, is the fact that she ripped off the basic idea from Battle Royale. Straight off, ripped off the idea. Yeah. If you oh, give, yeah. if you if you don't mention names and you just give the basic premise of it, uh, you could be describing Battle Royale. Now, I also get down to a T. I'm also pissed off because back when I saw it in the theater, where it was banned from the country except for one showing in one theater one night. Period. The big it was controversial, and I was like, "Oh, we can't." This show, film has kids killing each other. It's just so horrible. We can't show this on, you know, because it was a ho Hong Kong. It was a foreign action film. We can't show this in America. Children are getting hurt. Flash forward, what, ten years later, we're, we're selling it to kids. Come, come watch us watch kids kill each other. Now it's okay. Now it's okay because it's in a fantasy, a Harry Potter fantasy setting, because the major media has their money behind it, and because it's slightly gay. So now, and I and I don't mean that in a real homosexual way, but this in a kind of fruity bullshit, fake fantasy metal drama bullshit way, <laughs> and so so now it's okay for us to watch kids killing each other in an exploitative game, uh, in in a, in a weird futuristic world. Now it's okay. Why? Well, because we're making money off of it. If we're showing the Hong Kong film over here now, it's just you know baseless exploitation and violence and and, yeah, and, yeah, and, it's, and it's real. I, I haven't seen the film, but I guarantee. That the battle royale violence is more realistic and off-putting than the romanticized dramatic violence in the Hunger Games. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just I, I started watching battle royale yes. um, just recently, and Beat you're right. Crazy. 
it's going to be the the violence in battle royale is going to be more realistic but you know it's we should we should review battle royale we I mean, really should. No, I'm sorry. Hunger Games. We should review Hunger Games. Okay, we, we should do that too. We should have done. We, oh, can do, we can do a double. Now we can do Hunger Games and Battle Royale. I've been so busy in my multifaceted, uh, amazing life that mm. I have not had the time to go to a theater and watch a real film. Uh, and I don't. I'm pretty sure you've been the same way, sir. Exactly the you same know, way. Yeah. Maybe maybe slightly less amazing, but still busy in multifaceted life. Slightly so, less amazing. Yeah. Slightly. 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 Your beard's coming in. Once that comes in, then you'll be full amazing. I just but, shaved. See, see the, that's slightly less amazing. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, it, we would be more on the ball. We could have gone. But we, we should go. We should see it. We should review it. Yeah. We need on this. I do want to mention one other thing about Hunger Games, though. Have you seen on the news uh, or on, online? I, I, don't, I don't know if it's on the real news. That. People who read the book, and this this goes to show you that just because tons of people are reading books doesn't mean they're actually smart. Right. Uh, had read the books, and then when the movie came out, they were appalled that one of the characters was cast as a black person. Oh yeah, I heard about. And they that. were upset, it's like, oh, what's this this PC? Oh, they have to make it multiracial and put a black person in there. I the character wasn't black in the book, and I I, I you know I don't know why they did that. They ruined the movie for me. And, and and then they're even going as far as to say, well, now I don't feel so bad when that character dies because it's black. Spoiler alert, by the way, don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and then, but then people who have actually who are actually a bit more intelligent have gone back and said, no, if you read the book, they don't come out and call her black or whatever you want to call her. But the physical description they give on one page, the only time she's ever described physically in the book, she described as brown skinned. Ah, uh, I see. And and so what it comes down to is yeah there was a, as a matter of fact there was a whole thing about that yeah and, and um, somebody went through the trouble of like collecting all the racist tw twitters or tweets yeah. of people that were up, appalled that that the character was made uh, to be black but then happy that they killed him off then and it just goes to show one racism is alive and well in America two just because we're making people read doesn't mean we're making them think. And three, the hunger, the general audience uh, of the Hunger Games are ignorant. And I've just alienated <laughs> another half of our audience. Thank you. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, with that said, let's go ahead and do the finger list. Oh, no. Did we do, that was number one, right? That was number yeah. two. I'm um, sorry. Hunger that Games? was the number one movie. Oh, I'm, I, I misheard. Yeah. No, that is the number one film. Finger list. Uh, the finger list. So, going from the bottom up, we have Journey 2, A Thousand Words, Act of Valor, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, uh, John Carter, Dr. Seuss's The Lorax, 21 Jump Street, Mirror Mirror, Wrath of the Titans, and The Hunger Games. <laughs> That's right. Oh, and for anyone that doesn't know what the finger list is, oh, we will pick a film from this list. That we we would rather cut our pinky finger off than to have to see in the theater. Yakuza style on the chopped yes. block. Take the take the knife. Take the hit. Don't don't walk into the theater. That's right. Ah, tough call. Tough call. There's not much going on in there. I actually do want to see the Hunger Games just to, just to compare it to Battle Royale. So I, I don't see myself fighting that too much. Um, it's a tough call. Mm. Rattle, rattle them off one more time. Journey to A Thousand yeah. Words, Act of Valor, Salmon Fishing in the Yemen, John Carter, Dr. Seuss's The Lorax, 21 Jump Street, Mirror Mirror, 
Wrath of the Titans, and The Hunger Games. Thousand words. You're going a thousand words? I can't think of anything more. At this point in time, at my current state of mind, I can't think of anything more uh, irritating, annoying, and bordering on mental anguish than watching Eddie Murphy flail around pretending to be funny for, through an entire another film. Yeah. Make, mug, mugging for the camera and, right. and, and doing like a Charlie Chaplin mute thing and doing it poorly. He's not a physical actor. Yeah. No. To, to, I mean, in that way. I mean, all actors are physical, but he's not a physical actor in no, that he, way. He's really not. Jim Carrey would pull it off. I, I mean, or any any actor that has more physical presence and more physical yeah, time. I wonder if Jim Carrey was approached uh, with this project first and he said no. Uh, I, I, what has he been saying no to? Did you hear what he said yes to? They're, they're doing Dumb and Dumber 2. Oh, God. Him and, Jeff, really? him and Jeff Daniels are both doing it. You know what? It'll be a huge hit. Oh, I, I don't. I don't know if it'll be funny. I love the first film. I'll see it. But again, he's not. I'm interested. I'll see it. But uh, I mean, it's not dumb, dumb and dumber. Er, I'd rather see Meet Dave. Meet Dave. Than uh, see uh. Yeah, you mentioned that. You okay. said you wanted to. You actually wanted to see Meet Dave before you would see A Thousand Words. Now, if it was A Thousand Words of Norbit, I'd still probably go with A Thousand Words. I, you know, there's there's only so far I'm willing to go on this. Yeah, but... yeah, true. Very true. What about you, sir? What do you choose? I'm gonna go with Journey Two. Uh, again, I think this is the third time I've picked it. Uh, just not in the mood for this kind of film. Really? And I don't. I don't know if I ever will be in the mood for this kind of film. Over a thousand words, you'd pick that. I would see a thousand words before I see that. Before I see Journey Two. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Hmm. It shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. It, it shouldn't be that interesting. And that's the top ten list. What's our time, sir? Uh, twenty six minutes. I my 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 Hunger Games rant took us over the edge. Well, you got to remember, the five or six minutes easy was opening the show. The rant. Realistically, our top ten was. Was under twenty. You're being too kind, sir. We failed. Uh, I'm, you might as well stop recording right now. Really? No, no. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Forge ahead. Forge ahead. Forge ahead. Don't give up. <sighs> I'm stopping. All right. Uh, well, it's, it's we're going to take eyes. a we're going to take a quick break. Uh, in the break, we um, and I'm not going to mute you again. So <laughs> you might want to mute yourself. I mute this. Yeah, mute this. Just don't. Just don't talk or call. What are, or, what are we playing? Whistle, please are, don't whistle. What are we playing during the break? Uh, we got a couple of commercials. We have a couple of uh, Paul Hogan Australian ads. Ah. And we'll come out to music like we always do, and then we'll talk about Crocodile Dundee. Am I going to be on camera during the break? No. Well, then I'm going to eat a meatloaf sandwich while you're playing. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and I'll try that, not to chew that, into the microphone. That sounds. Oh God, it's going to be so bad. Do it. Do it. All right, we're going to break. We'll be right back. Are you home alone tonight? Got no one to cuddle? Urgent, urgent for some connection? Don't worry. Daddy ain't going to hurt you. Just tune in Movie Sucktastic. Give us a call at 908-514-4470. Tell us what bad movies have been tickling you. Just call after dark. We like it that way.
America? You look like you need a holiday. A fair income holiday. In the land of wonder. The land down under. Now, there's a few things I've got to warn you about. Firstly, you're going to get wet. Because the place is surrounded by water. Oh, and you're going to have to learn to say good day. Because every day's a good day in Australia. G'day, Paul. G'day, love. Apart from that, no worries. You'll have the time of your life in Australia. Because we talk the same language. Although you lot do have a funny accent. Come on. Come and say g'day. I'll slip an extra shrimp on the barbie for you. Come and say g'day. G'day. Travel is a wonderful thing. Imagine strolling through the vineyards in the south of France, sampling a drop of the grape. Bonjour, monsieur. G'day, Treating your tummy to the exotic delights of the mystical east. Here's your coat poems, Hopes. Oh, thanks, Trevor. We'll turn back the pages of history to the grandeur of the British aristocracy. Morning, Squire. G'day, Hopes. Yep, if you want to see the world, don't miss the best part, Australia. While you're having a good time swimming and skiing, caravanning or camping, dining and dancing, or, or just visiting Auntie Dory, you know, you haven't seen in ages, you're helping yourself to a holiday you probably need. And helping Aussies get jobs they definitely need. Hello? G'day. I've come to visit Auntie Doreen. Oh, gee. She's gone to Perth for a holiday. See? Yeah, it's working already. What movie am I? Alright. Hello? Fight Club. Damn it. Okay. You think you, think you were going to get that by me? No. No, I, <laughs> just, I was hoping I'd at least get to say it. I, 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 I never pick up my phone. Can you say sweet rinds? <laughs> sweet swine, pork rinds? <laughs> Have you heard about that? No, sir. What is that? And I'll stop drinking and eating in the microphone. Maryland is one of the three states of three winning tickets for the Mega Millions that was whatever it was, $650 million. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't win that. Me neither. Yeah. Uh, I implore everyone to go search out this Maryland woman that says she has the ticket but has yet to produce it. Has her lawyer do a press conference saying she... She, she's saying that she said she has a ticket, but he hasn't seen it yet either. It's just bullshit. 
just bullshit. It's just she's crazy. And she comes into this news conference wearing a uh, sweet swine pork rinds baseball hat. This has a movie best, written all over it. Best product placement since Skittles. <laughs> and I, uh, I'm not that. even going into that. No, let's not do that. And that's that's obviously just not nothing to do with it. Yeah. Or, you know what? You know what? Flavor Aid. Okay. Flavor Aid. Flavor Aid. There you go. Not Kool Aid. Philistines. <laughs> ah. Uh, all right. So. See, tragedy. No matter how tragic, hmm. always ends up. Advertising for a cor- one corporation or another. Yeah. Look at OJ Simpson and the uh, the Broncos, Ford Broncos. I almost bought one. See, there you go. When did that happen? That was 1990. I was working at the post office. This 1995. Was... I was working at the post office. So it was probably between. I would I would say 90 between 93 and 95. Yeah, and I was actually looking into purchasing a Ford Bronco. Uh, in 1998, and I didn't. And the only reason I didn't was because because you weren't planning on killing your wife. <laughs> I wasn't married at the time, see? but uh, yeah, no, that that's that sounds accurate. See, see, you didn't even need it as a backup. No, no. no. Now, sp- mm. speaking of killing wives, yeah, that's no, I have nothing for that. But we have to segue into Crocodile Dundee somehow, which which was my movie challenge to you because you gave me the shrimp on the Barbie, and I and I. And even though I could have gone with the the female the female co-star, who was right. also in Piranha Two, I could have gone with that, but I had to stick with with uh, Australia, and I wanted to do something a bit more mainstream. Okay. So I sh- chose Crocodile Dundee One and Two, a double another double header. All right. So uh, would you like to introduce Crocodile Dundee to a bitch? Now, why? What you're no, not ready no, for that? No, no, no. I'm ready. It just now. I just this, fucked up our video. <laughs> God damn it! I know. I know. This Whatever. introduction, an introduction to Crocodile Dundee, is not needed if you are a child of the '80s. If you were born, I would say after 1980, you have no idea. You know, you might have no idea what Crocodile Dundee is, because Crocodile. Um, well, Crocodile Dundee, when Dundee was so popular and famous for such a brief amount of time. Yeah, if you were born in the 80s, but yeah, you're probably right. Elf, Elf had a longer lifespan. Yeah. Really? When I when I saw this, I was 10 years old. When you saw it, I think you were a little, 12. I was older than you. 12, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, it's, you're right. This is one of those films that, um, this is one of those films, it's, well, Paul pushed Hulk- its way into pop culture. Well, Paul Hogan pushed his way into pop culture. He was, uh, he he did like little. He he uh, he was a bridge painter or a bridge. Yeah, he painted bridges, and then uh, he was on the local news one night, and everyone loved him. He had a great charisma, personality, as it shows in his film, and he ended up getting the television that way. And then eventually, he became uh, an actor on Australia commercials, advertising commercial. Um, not advertising commercials. Paul Hogan show. No, no, he had, yeah. He had the Paul Hogan show from 1973 right. to 1984, just just when he hit it big with Crocodile Dundee. Well at, well, at the same time, he was doing the tourism commercials for Australia, and right. that's how he came to America, through through American commercials for tourism in Australia with the whole shrimp on the Barbie thing. And, yep. And, and then he was doing the Foster's commercials, which started making their way to America and other countries, too, with 
uh, and the whole the whole concept of the, the the rough Australians and mixing him in with high society, right? You know, and and uh, so America immediately fell for him just as they did Jim Varney. <laughs> it's true. Well, it, look, exact same thing. Jim Varney, uh, Varney was doing uh, what Brick Church commercials? Brick Church. He was, and he did uh, I think Seven Up for a while. I don't know about Seven Up. He did a bunch Maybe. of things. He started local, and then he started doing national. He went from local to national, and then he was so big that they gave him his own movie, Ernest Goes to Camp, which was the biggest grosser that year. It was like number one in the box office. It was a huge, huge hit. Same year Ishtar came out. Yeah, that's and that's another film. That's another film I grew up with. Uh, right. I th- I was nine mm-hmm. nine when that came out. Yeah, I I love Ernest Goes to Camp. Yeah, and love and love it. Th- thankfully, Joe Asuzu did not follow in the footsteps of Jim Varney and uh, Paul Hogan. Yeah. I mean, the closest he got was a co-starring role in Empty Nest. He never got his own movie. That's right. And that's actually kind of... God, I remember him. Yeah, everyone loved Joe Asuzu, and, and he just never got his own movie. Yeah, I remember those commercials where he talked and just they put up in uh, letters, he's lying. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. The funny thing was he was the straight guy. Yeah. And that, that's probably why he never got his own film, because he, he was the straight guy. Right. You know, the, the, the little captions at the bottom, were, were, that, was the, that was the funny man. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Um, anyway. So Paul Hogan, you know, warmed his way into American hearts uh, through through commercialism and alcohol, and, and really like any Australian does. And through that, he uh, submitted his, his screenplay that he wrote, and he got it uh, produced, and he started right. it. Well, his his friend John Cornell, lifelong friend, he helped produce the movie, and he also co-wrote the screenplay with him. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, uh, they were able to get this movie made. Gigantic success. Uh, came out the same year as Top Gun. Those were the two highest grossing films, I believe, of 1986. Yes. Um, one was Top Gun. Crocodile Dundee was a close second, uh, both over $300 million. But yeah, worldwide, though. In America, I think it was a little less. <laughs> I finally have numbers for once. Don't, let, me, let me roll. Fine. Let me roll. I think in America, Crocodile Dundee did like 160. Fine. Top Gun did 180, I believe. Fine. Look it up. I don't have to. I'm I'm sticking with my numbers. Yeah, okay, your numbers. Anyway, uh, John Cornell was also in the Paul Hogan show uh, with Paul Hogan. He played his roommate, uh, Strope, Mm -hmm. which I actually, uh, tonight's pre-show, had two bits from that show, plus uh, there was a whole 15-minute a current affair interview for uh, uh, Paul Hogan's supposed tax evasion that uh, has been in legal battles uh, for a while, costing millions for both sides. John Cornell, also huge tax evasion lawsuit against him, which I believe is why they went in looking at Paul Hogan, because they're business partners. Right. And they've been business partners for a long time, uh, all the way back to the Paul Hogan show, going into... Uh, the, writing the screenplay for Crocodile Dundee, uh, John Cornell actually directing Crocodile Dundee two, writing uh, Almost an Angel. So you know they've been buds. <laughs> they've been buds for a long time. And there was a movie career that really burned out quickly too. It had Crocodile Dundee, Crocodile Dundee two, uh, Almost an Angel, uh, and what was the other one? There was one other one. You probably have that up in front of you, right? Uh, I can't. Well, yeah, I have it in front of me. He he, he did one other film. What was it? 
let you know right now. When oh. we did uh, Crocodile Dundee, Crocodile Dundee 2, Lightning Jack. Lightning Jack, that's right. And I totally forgot about Lightning Jack until I looked up Paul Hogan. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember seeing Lightning Jack. And that has a young pre-Oscar uh, Kubo Gooding Jr. Uh, yes, it does. As the as the mute sidekick. <laughs> and, and, and Kuba, once again, awesome comic timing. He's, Not your movie challenge, by the way. Oh no, because I well, I kind of liked Lightning Jack. It was kind of you know what it, it, Lightning Jack was. It, it was what you expected. It was. It was Paul Hogan. Right. It was Cuba Gooding doing the comedy thing, which he's mm-hmm. really good at. I think he has great. Com- he's a physical actor. Oh, he, yes. he is good physical timing, and I, I thought he, I thought that I have to go back and watch it, but I enjoyed it back then. I did too. I, I, I would probably give it more credence credence credence. Uh, I'd probably give it more stars than than uh, almost an angel. I didn't like almost an angel at all. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's give the the listening audience uh, and watching audience. The, I have the movie going on in the background while we're talking too. Oh, good, good. Um, let's basically give the synopsis. The synopsis, the the plot. Well, can I? Uh, let me it, give much it. like a sh- uh, um, shrimp on the Barbie. It's mm-hmm. a fish out of water story. She, uh, Sue, who is a New York uh, reporter, mm-hmm. goes to Australia because she hears about this grand tale about Mick J. Crocodile Dundee getting his leg bitten off by uh, a, a crocodile and living to tell the tale. Now, of course, the uh, reporter is played by Linda Kozlowski, her, right. his now wife. Right, which I right. believe he left his first wife for. Well, and if you see a, if you catch that shot of her ass in Crocodile Dundee one, you probably know why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which they don't bother show. They don't show her ass in part two, so I don't know what happened between one and two. She looked good in part two. She. To me, anyway. They didn't show her ass. Yeah, they were probably. Uh, that was like a they, thong ass. That wasn't. Yes, even it was. Like, I was think a, the second. I forgot one was about a, that shot, and I'm watching yeah. it now. I was like, oh, I saw that when I was twelve. That's a yeah, that's a thong. I really ass. enjoyed that. Uh, so did no, I, I I think the second one was a little bit more violent, so they probably. What? We'll we'll talk about that in a second, sir. I don't think so. Actually, the, I'm glad you brought up violence because that's gonna be a major point I want to bring up after we get through the basics of the film. I don't want to sidetrack. I don't think it you. was that much more violent. No, 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 no. I, I, the I, first I don't, film did. Hold on, I, I don't want to sidetrack on the violent part yet. Fine, all right. But you're, you're talking about the film, so she meets Crocodile Dundee in Australia. And there's a whole bit on him. Right, she's doing a whole bit on him, and then she wants... And, and there, there's this... You, you know what's funny? Romantic tension. There's this romantic tension. The, the first and second film, briefly without talking about the second film, they do this flip-flop thing, where the first film... First half takes, of movies in Australia. And then the second half is in New York. Mm-hmm. And then the second film is the exact opposite. Genius, genius screenwriting. That's, <laughs> I mean... Nuanced. I mean, it's literally the exact opposite. There's a there's a nuance to it that you just yeah. can't put your finger on. Uh huh. Um, and so there's a romantic tension, and she decides, "Hey, let me bring this guy back to New York, and I can prolong my story even further," which is probably the subterfuge for the fact that she likes him and wants to hang out with him more. Right. And, so, and, he, and, she, and she knows the fish out of water story will will, will do well. So. And it does well as a film because that's all the second half of the movie is. The first half actually has like like character uh, charm, sure. And there's a character arc, and these two two people getting to know each other. You once see all we these beautiful locales, right? Once we hit New York, it's it comes down to and, you know, the whole cliche of ah, you know, New York. Because this movie, both films are completely cliche, full of cliches. Absolutely. Films are cliches, 
But the second half of the film just descends into, okay, what kind of weird environment can we put the crocodile guy now so he can act differently? And you get into these humor scenes where it's basically, look, he calls it one thing, we call it something else, and people are confused. (laughs) <laughs> or, or, oh, he's so naive because he's not used to the complications of city life. So he doesn't know what a transvestite is because none of the guys in Australia, when they're out there alone, you know, slip on something dainty. Yeah. And they don't, they don't have street crime in Australia because, you know, there's no streets. <laughs> uh, good point. They, um, they have no idea what homosexuals are over there. They no, never and, heard and of that. Well, there's, there's a scene where in the bar. Right, where, uh, that's he, what I'm alluding to. Yeah, there's a scene in the bar where uh, one character he puts a beer on his head, and uh, they punch oh. him in the stomach. And if he drops, if he drops beer, I think he has to buy whoever does oh, it around. They, they put put money down as a bet. Was they a bet. put money down as a bet. So what uh, uh, Crocodile Dundee does is he instead of punches him, he gives him a kiss, and he throws the beer back, and he's like so mad that somebody would do that. It's like swinging at everybody. I don't know if they stole it because I'm not sure which film came out first, but they did the exact same thing in Moving Violations. But it was arm wrestling. I think Moving anyway. Violations was first. There you go. They stole it from that. Yeah, that was uh, Bill Murray's brother, right? Yes, the the, yeah. the cute one. The cute one. Doing his best Bill Murray impersonation. But doing it way. so well, too. No, I, I, I like Moving Violations. No, I like Moving Violations. I really did. But there's that scene where they're, what are they, in the anti-gravity room where he's going, I don't know, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like moving around. It's like, okay, you're doing your brother oh, right now. Oh, he's so doing Bill Murray. You're doing Bill. He's doing the smirk and everything. So I don't yeah. know, officer. It's like, wow. It's wow. Well, like when the cop pulls him over and he shows him his license and it's yeah. Indiana Jones and he's just like, like that in the camera. It's like, he, He's doing <laughs> it so much that you can't. You don't see it? <laughs> you, don't, you don't hate him because he's doing Bill Murray so much. Like, okay, you know, all right. You, this is your one shot. And I After think other, sh- than, other than his bit part in Scrooged, that was pretty much it for his career. Yeah, more, more or less. And surprisingly, he played Bill Murray's brother in Scrooge. Oh, yeah. But we're getting off topic. And his other brother played his father. His other brother played his father. So, so that's a whole weird thing going there. Yep. Anyway. Um, yeah, so and when they come back, of course, she's she has a fiancé. Uh, or soon to be fiance. Yeah, and, and be douche. And he's a douche, and it's all the all the rich people that are mocking him, and he's so down to earth. It's to be expected. It's your normal, typical. There's nothing out of the ordinary about the plot. Now I'll admit, it's 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 fun. You know, it's that famous. Uh, that's not a knife. That's a knife scene. That's a knife. Right. I can't do accents. That's not a knife. That's a knife. Be much better than I could. Thank you. And and you know, and he's such a charming guy. You can see why, like. After one interview on television, suddenly he had his own show. He just yeah, he I, I would really I would is. love to have beers with Paul Hogan. I really would. He he just really he's a really charismatic individual, and and despite the shortcomings of the second half of the film, where everything falls apart and they're literally just slapping him into whatever scene they can think of. Oh, now the pr- prostitutes. Oh, hi, you know how are you doing? We don't we don't have hookers in Australia. You know, it, it's it's You're not from around here. We might have to give you one for free. One what? <laughs> <laughs> and you can, it's like, it's like you don't even care because he's just so charming. And it's really the only thing that saves Shit. the film. You know what I realized? What? I, I never played the movie trailer. You son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. You want to play it now? 
You know, uh, hold off. You can play both of them be- between one and two. What do you mean between one and two? We're going to talk about part two, right? Yeah. Before we talk about part two, you can play. All right, I'll tell you what. You're right. That's a good idea. I, I Once we that. start talking about part two, I don't have a trailer for part two. I didn't know if we were going to review oh, it or not. Well, that makes perfect sense then. Um, now, one thing I have to bring up, the music. Yeah. I like it. Now, all right. Now, the op- you know, th- that opening ending kind of that that weird Australian American kind of song mm-hmm. that's great. I'm talking about the 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 um interstitials when they're going between scenes where they play the so- sound the music from Beverly Hills Cop. Oh. <laughs> I think that's Beverly Hills Cop, right? Am well, you know, you know what? I guarantee if I look up who did the music, I bet same guy. they were using the same people. Just like Action Jackson with the lethal weapon. Yes. <laughs> it's not even like like the same tone. It's just they just took that music. Like they had original it was music by Peter Best. It was stock music at that point. They, they it wasn't just a similar composure composer composure right. uh, piece of music. They actually just slapped it in. So that yeah. was pretty interesting. It doesn't look like he he's done anything like that, uh, but I will say this: it's coming from a, a time in the '80s when well everything overlapped. Yeah, so you may watch this film and the music may seem similar because it's kind of what they were looking for. I I mean I might be off. Maybe it's a different film, but I'm almost positive that that. Oh, you're not wrong. I mean, being from Beverly Hills Cop, I might it might be a different film from that same time period, but I know it's from another film. I don't know if it needs to be from Beverly Hills Cop. I just think every in my film, head, in my head, that's Beverly Hills. But that, but that piece, right? In the eighties, had that style of but, music. But that specific piece is what I'm saying. It wasn't another film. Oh, really? They just okay. slapped. I, I'm. I, I would put good money on that. Hmm. I don't know if it was in this one first. I doubt it. Because I, I think this was no, a Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop came out in '84. If I'm wrong, earlier. if I'm wrong about that, I'm not. No. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying to be humble, and that's okay. Because <laughs> I know I'm right. You, <laughs> you know. All right. So he's now in New York, fish out of water. He, like you said, he's very charming. He's going around doing. So he goes uh, to the bar. Goes to the bar. The, goes to the rich the people tr- club. The tranny goes right to the rich people club. It's in the big Take, hotel. Big hotel. Finds out uh, how to use a bidet. Never oh, saw look. one of those in his life. Tra- I can't get past the traffic. Right. You know, uh, so, pour some guy's coke in hot water. It's, it's <laughs> it really some, some... it's really by the books. Yeah. 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 And you know what? I know where you're coming from. Where you said you, uh, it's it. It's a part of my childhood, and I don't think I could ever not like this movie. I don't like it. You don't I, like, I like it? I like him. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, the film is not good. It's it's convoluted. There's no real reason to bring him to New York in the first place. It's just like, oh, yeah, because because New York newspapers randomly bring foreign people to the country and, and you know, pay. Of course, she's the daughter of the uh, newspaper owner, so she has yeah. more leeway. She can do whatever the fuck she wants, let's be honest. Right. Well, yeah. Um, but I mean, there's really it's, the pretension is not there. It's your typical uh, oh, they fall in love and she she's in a relationship. So really, he's breaking up a relationship, but it's okay. And then you have the whole thing at the end where he leaves and she chases him down. And there's that whole thing in the the subway with uh, where they where they it's it's like they they create a telephone out of uh, stereotypes. <laughs> they went you, you went from the 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 wasp rich woman, uh, rich socialite woman to the the black. Uh, village people guy 
to the hard hat construction worker village people guy to the Paul Hogan Australian guy. It's a, it's a chain of stereotypes talking back. Yeah. It's like the telephone game, except but it all works. I think the scene works. It, it works in the basic sense that it's constructed. If they it, did it now, I don't think it would work. It would work. I mean, well, it works. No, I don't think it would work. It, 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 it would have to come off as complete comedy for it to even attempt to work now. No. Then I, I think it works then. No, it, it works because it's a standard you know, boilerplate. years ago, I think no, it works. No, no, it still works now because it's it's still used now. It's the same boilerplate. It's that same setup. The, the, the If you take this screenplay and pull out the characters and pull out the settings and plug in other settings and characters, you have films that are out now. It's all very basic. The humor is very basic. I'm just it, talking about that end scene that we were talking about. It, it works now. It works now. You'd film it differently, yeah, because it's 25 years later and things change, but the basic concept of the ending works. And I, I guess so. I... But it, what I'm saying is the only thing that really stands up now when you watch the film now is Paul Hogan. He's still charming. Oh, yeah. That That's really it. You know? Okay. And and uh, there's really nothing to add about the film. I mean... No, there really isn't. Uh, it It's... Again... Which is why I suggested two, both films, because... Because yeah, he, the second one, the plot structure of the second film is a little. Oh, oh, before you talk about the second one, let's play that trailer. Ah, okay. Let me cue it up then. You don't have it queued up? No, I'm playing the. F- <laughs> the show oh, prep man. is out of control here. It's out of control. See, <laughs> I need a little help from you sometimes. <laughs> this what, is what, what I need. I'm not allowed to watch. How can I help? No, well, you, you could say, hey, cue up that trailer. And it's like, well, you know what? I need I a few ten, seconds. I did 10 minutes ago. I need a few seconds to go get it. Go? All right. Go? Yeah. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. Think All right. Yeah. I, God damn it. Just keep quiet. Here's the trailer. He was raised in the land down under, where a man thinks on his feet, speaks with his fists, and lives by his wits. Two beers, all right? One for me, one for me, mate. A legendary figure about to encounter a world more treacherous than any he has ever known. G'day. Big Dundee from Australia. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Just going down for a couple of days. Probably see you around. Bye. Is this your first trip to New York? First trip anywhere. Well, we might just have to give you one for free. <laughs> yeah. I'm what? How are you finding New York? A bit of a lunatic or something. That's why I love it, because I fit right in. G'day. Hello. Sorry. G'day. Look. Well, if you can manage, Walt, I'd like to stay a while. Wouldn't have anything to do with a certain lady writer, would it? Paramount Pictures presents... Your pal, Senor Meek. Paul Hogan. Um, 
Hey, my man, what's happening? Uh, wait. As Crocodile Dundee. You got a light, buddy? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And your wallet. He's got a knife. <laughs> a knife? That's a knife. Crocodile Dundee. All right, we're back. <laughs> oh my lord, are you done putting things in your nose? <laughs> I, don't know, I have no idea what you're talking about, sir. <laughs> yeah, everybody else should realize uh, <laughs> they're lucky. They're they're lucky they didn't have to see what I just saw. I I don't know what you're talking. And it wasn't the trailer. It wasn't the trailer. <laughs> now may I, may I also point out? Yeah. Um. Now the the title Crocodile Dundee has quotations around crocodile. Yeah. That was done specifically so audiences would not be confused and think the film was about a crocodile named Dundee. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. <laughs> That's on my list along with the fact that the uh, James Bond film License to Kill hmm. was originally titled License Revoked, but they changed it because most people uh, polled in the test screenings didn't know what revoked know what the... meant. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, again, Crocodile Dundee because otherwise like we were told. Now, Kangaroo Jack, they didn't use the quotes. Yeah, they didn't because it's about a kangaroo. Right. Yeah. So they're... Kind of like, uh, you know, eat, comma, pray, comma, love. Commas confuse people. Got rid of the commas. Just ask my co-writer. Commas confuse people. <laughs> so, so now, there's much more to talk about with Crocodile Dundee, too, because the writing... There is. There's, there's a little bit more involved. Well, in the, the, in the uh, structure of the plot. What I don't like about the film is it's better and worse at the same time. On the one hand, it actually has a real plot to it, where the first film doesn't. The first film doesn't really have a plot, per se. It's, it's got that fish-out-of-water story. Yeah, it's got a setting. That's it. That's it all you really need to know about the first movie. It's not a plot as much as an excuse to do stuff. The right. second film actually has a plot. Something happens, uh, things escalate, then things are taken to another level in order to to combat the problem mm -hmm. and then you you know and then, th and then there's a resolution now on the other hand it's a bad plot yeah it's, it's a poor plot and it's a cliche plot um I, my favorite part of the film is the opening scene oh with him doing the dynamite fishing yeah dynamite fishing in which Man is uh which is on behind your uh, your head right now that exact scene i like it because because <laughs> i was just thinking that I love. I wish they would remake this film now because in in post nine eleven world, uh, the the homeland security would would just blow the fuck out of them. Yeah, he'd probably just, be just <laughs> shot dead. Shot. And, and instead of them, no, no, Mick. Oh, you're so funny <laughs> throwing dynamite in the water. Uh, and the helicopter comes in. He's like, "All right, Mick, don't do it again." Hey, Mick, Mick, hold on a second. There's a foreigner who probably doesn't have a green card. He's got explosives in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, and, you know, I saw this films. comedy, but it was the 400, uh, the, the flight 400 uh, explosion. Ooh. So, well, same thing. I mean, it was well, that was one of the theories. Yeah. Not Crocodile Dundee per se, but a foreigner. Right. Anyway. Uh, both films have uh, two, two shots, or both films have a shot of the Twin Towers in each, each of the movies. Well, but every film about New York did at the time. That's uh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just. You know, obviously, looking now past uh, post nine eleven, it's just you forget how iconic uh, the twin towers were to the skyline of New York. I do, but on purpose. 
on purpose. Um, so n- now he's living with, uh, obviously he's living with her because she has a job. Yeah. And so now he's homeless and, and uh, or not homeless, jobless. So he's like, he's like bored trying to find that stuff to do. Yeah. Um, you know, hanging around strange children is one of the th- his hobbies, apparently. <laughs> At the park, sure. And, and here you see the Mr. T-itis, uh, Mr. T-ization, uh, or the Mr. T transformation where they, they turned Crocodile Dundee into a kind of family character. The first film was, was you know, could it be a family film? It, was, it wasn't an R, was it? I didn't even look. First film, PG-13. PG-13, that was back when they had them, so they're, they want to get you Second in film, there. PG-13 as well. Right, but they didn't really gear it towards kids. In this film, they kind of gear it slightly more towards kids because there's less violence in some ways, in a lot of ways. But I, I think you don't see as much violence, but they... There's they, more violence, but it's less violent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like the, the one guy he's taking, uh, which is a main part of the story, is her ex... The, is a uh, photographer, and he's out in, I believe it's Colombia. Colombia, it's got it, it, Colombia. It, yeah, it could. It's probably Colombia. Q, and, Q, Q racial stereotype number seven. <laughs> uh, well, what happens is he is doing a, a he, piece, he, he, and he sees the the head of the, I would assume, the Colombian mafia. You have this look on your face like you're aggravated but, with it, me. Oh, 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 only because you, sometimes you just go a bit too much in the detail. I'm sorry. I'm, I apologize. I mean, are we not reviewing the movie? No, no, no. We are, but I mean, I mean, in my head, as as a writer and as such, I edit, and, and all I'm thinking, and like the shorter version would be, he he takes pictures of a drug deal in progress. I was alluding to the violence. Let, let's see the like, violence. I would, that's where I was going with it because let's, we were talking about how it has more violence, I but less violent. Once again, I, I I have some stuff I want to to talk to talk with you about on the violence part, so I want to okay. cover the film first. I was just gonna. I was just gonna point out that he point blank puts a gun at some guy's head, but they don't actually show the gunshot. They right. kind of pan away. Right. But he, some dude, still got shot in the head. Yeah. No. And again, I want to talk about all this violent stuff after we talk about the film. Okay. No. Only, right. No. Just because I, I, we're gonna we're gonna go off on it. I know we are. So I want to encapsule that in the last. Well, part then of you the show. lead the way. How's that? Well, I don't mean to lead the way. I'm just saying we're just let's just skim past the violent part for the moment and go on to the plot more. So he. All he, right. He emails much like uh, the uh, emails. Yes. No, he ma- he emails. He emails <laughs> much like much like other films like Jake. I'm gonna Sp- listen back. I I could have sworn you said email. Yeah, it's because I I said fast. <laughs> he emails the film because yeah. you can't email film. Yes. He emails the film to her much in like in um, what's the not Jake Speed uh um. The other one, um, uh, the one with Whoopi Goldberg. No. Well, there's there's that. Uh, d- doesn't Which doesn't was, that was Jumping Jack Flash? Jumping Jack Flash, not really. But doesn't um, that Romancing the Stone? Doesn't that start the same way? <sighs> Shit. Um, I'm almost positive Romancing the Stone starts the same way. Yeah, Jake, I, I think so. Um, Jake Speed doesn't start the same way. That, that, that's white slavery. Never mind. Uh, I just love Jake Speed. But okay. yeah, but so he mails the film, of course, getting her and Crocodile Dundee involved. So the drug lord kidnaps her to get the film, and then you have gangsters going over, going after Crocodile Dundee and the cops trying to track down the film. Hilarity ensues, right? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens is he he goes to a local bar to recruit a gang as a distraction so he can get in and go get her. Mm-hmm. But what happens is they get out. 
Stereotype number 18. Yeah. They get out, yeah, and the gang is all white. Um, That's what I was alluding to. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I was vague in my, in my uh, description. Right. So they get out. They go back. But I, I don't know what they were thinking with that, that they just, oh, we can just go back to our apartment. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, they obviously the ransacked. They ransacked the apartment earlier in the film to look for this film because they knew he mailed it to her. Mm-hmm. So well, the, why did why did they think going back there would have been a smart idea? Because the cops told them to. Oh right. I mean, I just point out uh, the the one DEA agent and one cop. Yeah. Uh, but special guest appearances by I need to get the names here. Uh, Stephen Root, who uh, is m- my favorite uh, role of his, is Jimmy James from the uh, talk radio show, news radio. Oh uh, yeah. He's rated Jim James. He plays a yep. DEA agent, That's and then right. and then um, Gregory Jabara. I think I think I'm pronouncing that right. He's the cop that uh, Crocodile Dundee serves eggs to, and he's very he young is. in this film. He's been in a lot of stuff, tons of stuff. But my favorite role he played was Kevin Klein's uh, simple brother in In and Out. Oh, I never saw that. You never saw In and Out? I don't think so. I'd be one of the best gay comedies of the '90s. Really? You know, yeah, hilarious. And it was, it's, it's, I think it was a little ahead of its time. It, it was around the time where, where, you know, pro-gay films were really coming out in force in the mainstream media. Not, not I, at least I don't think I've seen it. I, I've it's done really that good. before. I, I like it. It's a really good film. Um, I've done uh, that before where, you know, where creepy, I don't think I've seen it. Creepiest thing yeah. about the film is that, yeah. um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, it's okay. Uh, it, it, the, you have to see it for no other reason because, uh, what's his name? Uh, mustache. Mustache. Mustache man. Oh, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck's in it. Sans mustache. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think the I. <laughs> see, see, that's a yeah. mental image you cannot get rid of. Yeah. No, I think I, I think yeah. I have seen this movie. <laughs> yeah, and he kisses Kevin Klein. So that's right. He does. Down, see? And yes, about I've the mustache. Yes, I've seen the. He movie. probably shaved the mustache because. As of that a matter stuff. of fact, that, that he did this film. Uh, not too long after he won that lawsuit about the Inquirer, uh, pretty much just coming out and lying and saying he was gay. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes, and, and he just basically said, you know, uh, I have nothing against gay people, but I'm not gay. And then he proved <laughs> it by kissing Kevin Klein in a film. That's, that's right. I'm Selleck's the man. He is He's the, the man. man. He's all man. Man that's enough to kiss another man. And, and and even without the mustache, he's okay. He's but okay. It's creepy without the mustache. Um, but where was, oh yeah, but yeah, so, uh, Gregory Jabara, he plays the young cop. So there's like two young mm-hmm. people in that film that you see right there. It's like, oh, they've actually gone on to do tons of stuff. Okay. That was all. I had to point oh, that that's out. That's it? That's all you were going to? Just, you know. Well, and then, so they go, they, so Crocodile Dundee tells the cops, you can't keep her safe. I'll keep her safe. So he takes her to Australia. Right. So, which, which turns out not to be so safe. And the Colombian Mafia is... Follows them to Australia. Mm-hmm. They 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 do whatever it takes, and now they're on uh, Crocodile Dundee's turf, and they do have somewhat of an advantage. But this is one of those uh, action comedies in the second half, mm-hmm. uh, where it goes more into uh, the dramatic action instead of comedy in that uh, second half of the film. Yeah. And a lot of films did that in the 80s, where it's, is it a comedy, or is it an action film? Well, and that, that's where the film goes. You know? I mean, and, and that, that's going to lead into our violence discussion, 
Okay. Too because no no I'm just saying because it's 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 just that real kind of uh, mainstreaming of action films, action comedies, and, and you know and don't forget we're, t- we're that's a whole generation where we were, you know you had kids our age growing up watching cable, watching films that weren't like you know things like Porky's or films that weren't Stripes. You know we grew up as children watching Stripes. That was not a, meant as a kids film. Of course. And so with that realization, they were starting to tone down these comedies and action films for kids to get them in the theater and knowing that they, they would be selling them to cable stations in the near future. True. So, and so you yeah. had this kind of like, um, what would you call it? Um, sanitizing of the, uh, of the, the cinema on a certain level. Yeah. They had to be able to edit the film, uh, in, in such a way that they didn't take away from the film. By doing the, what you just said, the sanit, sanit, uh, sanit, sanitization. Sanit, yeah, okay. I can't talk. It's too late to do things like that. All right. Well, <laughs> the can, sanitization of the film. Can, can I point uh, out... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Can I, can, I, um, can I point out my favorite scene in the film? Sure. My, my favorite scene in the film is... is uh, and actually, looking back, I believe this is one of those scenes they showed in clips on like Tonight Show and stuff when they were advertising the film. Okay. The subway, where the Australian outback stereotype is confronted by the uh, Colombian slash Italian, depending which I'm not sure which one he was, but your Colombian. your Colombian drug uh, goon. It just popped up on the screen that they. Oh really? Where he's taking the the photos? It's Colombia. That Colombia, right? Yeah. Um, so you have the Australian stereotype that's confronted by the Colombian stereotype. Right. Uh, they are interrupted but by. Why would you presume he was Italian? Because it was a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm honest. <laughs> but not because of that, but because that's how they're portrayed in films. Okay. okay. Not because not not because if I because he looks so Italian. I don't know. They all look. <laughs> oh. He had the greasy hair. It could be anything. Wow! <laughs> in in films, in stere- in the films, the way they stereotype people, you know, they they really go to the basic. He's got the slick back hair. He's got the suit. I mean, at a glance, you, you could be any one of three or four stereotypes. They always stick out there. Okay, this is not reality. We're talking about. We're just, talking about just for everyone that might be watching. We're talking about the flickering image. Watching the video later or live, even right now. The photographer in this film looks more Italian than the main bad guy. Right, I'm sorry. And he ain't Italian either. So like I was saying, like the, Austra- saying. the Australian stereotype mm-hmm. is confronted by the Colombian stereotype. They are interrupted by the right. the Asian tourist stereotypes. And and the uh, Australian stereotype is saved from the Colombian stereotype by another set of Asian tourist stereotypes. It is the most stereotype... La- and they were being... Uh, they were given. You can give it a tour by a young white New Yorker female stereotype. Right. So there's more stereotypes in this one five-minute segment of film than in in any Spike Lee movie. <laughs> uh, in in any in any uh, episode of Hee Haw. It, it's it's a very condensed. You just made a Hee Haw reference. Yes, I did. <laughs> There's a very there's a lot of stereotypes. and the whole film is stereotypes. You have the the his black friend who is um bad bad Leroy Brown, right? Who's actually legit uh, selling stationery. They have to homogenize it for your for your young child audience because he can't actually have a hoodlum as a friend, so they have to make it a fake hoodlum. Yeah. You have the all white street gang that that uh, has the neon sign uh 
hangout. I, I believe the street gang from Rumble in the Bronx was more realistic with their hideout setting. Uh, how about the gang leader just probably being a, in the wrong place at the wrong time where he could have just been the Adam Sandler? He should have been did, the... Did you notice that? Yeah, you know, <laughs> definitely could have. If Adam Sandler wasn't in the right place at the right time, this guy would have been Adam Sandler. I, I, he He'd might, be making grown-ups too right now. Probably just be as funny. Yeah. You heard about that, right? No, but I'm not surprised. Grown-ups too is a go. I'm sure. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I notice the lack of shock. Uh, well, considering that his his days. last film, Jack and Jill, did not do well in the theater, uh, well, got wait, a wait, wait, record fifteen Razzies, I believe. Wait, wait, wait. When you say not do well, it still made money. Uh, not that Adam Sandler is accustomed to. Did it? Did it lose money? Oh, probably not. No, then that then it's. I think it made like sixty or seventy million dollars. And if it's, if it didn't lose money, then you, you can't. It's not a. It's not a loss. You well, know. I mean, it. It. I think uh, as far as an Adam Sandler film goes. Okay. When I'm, they when they walk into that room and they're, they're sitting at the giant mahogany table we, and they we say can't we're going to give again. you money. <laughs> we've done this before. We've we've done the Adam. I, I know. Like I know. hours. I know. Uh, they weren't expecting this to to financially do what it did they were expecting more no all right all right let's no, move it, on it's my fault well don't no, you brought up adam sandwich your fault um <laughs> well it had something to do with the movie vaguely it did vaguely i'll give you that okay so i mean the, the film derives most of its humor from stereotypes and from your same fish out of water sequences right. and and let's go into the violence because you brought this up repeatedly and i kept pushing it off because this is a major focus for me right when you watch the I need to bring up in context with the eighties. Okay. I want to bring up two. I want to bring up the eighties and I want to bring up more modern, uh, a perfect example of the, the approach to violence in these films would be the knife that Paul Hogan has that famous yeah. scene. That's not a knife. That's a knife. Right. Uh, you can do it. Cause I can't, um, we see him kill an alligator with it in the first film. Yes, he does. So we set a precedent that he is a violent man, not in a bad way, but you know he's he's able to defend himself and others. He can use violence. He has a huge knife that he does it with. We now have him running around with this knife and with the knowledge that he is a hunter tracker. Um, he he can do damage. Yo, sure. So, but but we are now selling this film to a young audience, and we're turning him into a Mr. T type character, a fun loving character. So we cannot be as violent as we want to be. So we have given this character a knife and the, the means and ability to kill and or injure, and he's not doing it. And I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about, and you'll understand what I'm saying. Right. Te- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Here was a film for kids. All the turtles had swords, and they couldn't yes. use them. I mean, they still had fight scenes, but, they, but, but it's they, not like you were going to see it, uh, any of them run somebody through. You couldn't cut anybody, right? So they would have these scenes where they're fighting ninjas. I mean, Shredder gets fucked up pretty bad at the end. Well, and the first one, and even that's kind of like, go to the second one. That perfect, second one's more of a perfect. Oh yeah, the the, the, the ooze, the green ooze. Well, well, not the, I'm talking about the swords, and and you can oh. look at look at Crocodile Dundee is the same example too. There's some violence in Crocodile Dundee one, not a lot, but there is some violence. Right. Number two, there's more promise of violence, but less shown. 
look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. They're attack they're being attacked by all these ninjas and stuff, and all they can do is like, oh, I, I just I just cut this uh, down and it fell on them. Oh, I'm gonna cut a hole in the floor. I mean, they can't they can't cut the ninjas because now we we're specifically selling this to a young audience. So right. Rockadale Dundee is like, okay, he's got this knife. I mean, I want to compare it to X Men. Remember the first X Men? Yes. And Wolverine had the claws. He doesn't really do anything with them. For I mean, as far as like people, too much. Right. Then in the second film, like at the half hour marker, I something when the when the military attacks the X the mansion. Right. And he hits that first military guy, and he just sinks the claws into his ribs, like. <laughs> Like with both fists, <laughs> I remember just this thrill, like holy shit, he fucking killed somebody with them, mm. and that's what they're there for. And that was the big thing. The complaint, the big issue was, you you can't make any more films with him not using these things. They're there for a reason. That's what they're there for. Right. So we we're, we've got the situation with Crocodile Dundee where he's got this big fucking knife, and he's he's got it out and he's stalking through the hall of this mansion where they've got his wife that he loves. And he comes up to the one wow, guy. Girlfriend. They, were, they weren't married yet? No, they weren't married. I'm not going to call her wife. It was, it's still his wife. It's Paul Hogan's <laughs> wife, right? Yes. They've got his In... wife kidnapped. And so he's he <laughs> went to the halls, the woman he loves. And, and instead of just going up to the guy and then sinking this fucking knife into his back or his throat or something, is like, well, let me, now let me, they're going to throw garbage and then I'm going to hit him with a statue. <laughs> you know, and then it's like all this. This bizarre pantomime stuff. He catches the one guy at, at the apartment when he doesn't even know if she's alive or not. And he strings him up with a rope over the street instead of just like cutting off a finger. And saying, yeah. all right, now, now let's talk because you're going to tell me where the hell she is. And it's this kind of like avoidance of violence. He has all the trappings of violence and does everything he can to avoid violence. And it's, it's so conspicuous. And like, and and like you said too, when there is gun sh shots, yeah, I, I just off screen, or like when they kill the, when they kill her ex boyfriend, it's off screen. You just hear the, th 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 th. they they don't I, even use real gunshots. They use like silencer shots. Well, yeah, but I I I, I think, and and I'm not disagreeing with you completely. I'm just better not. No, I'm not. But I think, uh, them being in New York, yeah, <laughs> I think them being in New York. He's kind of following the rules here, and and again, they're using New York, the filmmakers, as an ex as an excuse to make it less violent in in the exact way you're mentioning. But if the film took solely, but if the whole film to, uh, was solely in Australia, I think they would have been a right. little more violent because you can get away with more. No, there no, no. But but as as a society and as a country, because once wow. they they go to Australia, saying Australia is more film, violent than America. You saying Australia? No, 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 no. That's I'm not. No, I'm saying. No, that doesn't hold up though. Because look at the look at the street gang. He, he no, I'm talking about because they're out in the middle of the fucking bush. They're out in the middle of nowhere. You can get away with anything there. What I'm saying is, once they go to Australia in the second half of the film. They do a, they do more with the violence. No, but, whether or not you see more of it, but you, it, it's 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 more straightforward. It's 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 less comical. It's it it becomes a uh, more dramatic in the second half because they're in Australia. More dramatic, but it's still but it's still not even a. a I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just a, saying once they go to Australia, it's it's not so. Tone funny, changes. Ha -ha. The tone changes, but but again. Completely. 
the tone changes, but also, but there's still not the violent level there. But and again, look at the whole thing with New York City, where they, he gets a street gang to come out with him, and the street street gangs like all nice and stuff, and they throw in garbage. Right. And, hey. and and obviously, I, I'm not expecting Crocodile Dundee to, to be beheading we people. Expect. It's right. a white street gang. And, and again, those are in great abundance. All white street gangs. Usually, when they are, the head they've got like a shorter haircut. If you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, and he, I don't expect them to be killing people left and right. But there's a conspicuous avoidance of any real serious violence until we get to Australia, and then and then once it's at a hunting uh, trappings. It, the gun violence is okay, and maybe a lot of it has to do with uh, what, any kind of deal they had with New York City. Although I think that was before New York City was really protecting the turf, so to speak. Right. You know, before the Giuliani turned it into Disneyland. Um, but I mean, that, it, you if you well, watch the, when yeah, you watch the whole film through. I mean, even in the first one, he's shooting. He you know he takes a gun and shoots it at poachers. And oh yeah, but he does Yeah, he's just. But when it, but it, just scaring him away, right? But but like he has to, he he's driven like to the middle of the outback, uh, you know, up against before he's actually gets to the point where okay, now I'm gonna start shooting at people. I I know where you're coming from. I really do. I don't agree with it a hundred percent, but I I know where you're coming from. I mean, but it's intentional, is what I'm saying. Of course it is. Of course it I is. I mean, it's not and, just. It's not just oh well you know you know in New York violence doesn't happen. That's that was the whole point of part the first film was how violent it was where he's getting beat up by prostitutes and like kids or teenagers are pulling knives on him. Now all of a sudden he you know he can't find a gun to save his life. Teenagers pulling knives on him in the first one. That's not a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> that was teenagers pulling a knife. They pulled a knife at him. <laughs> They were mothers. They're so far from teenagers. They were supposed to be teenagers. They're, they're, they're really they were, not. They were portraying teenagers. He even says kids out having fun. Dude, they were supposed to be teenagers. Don't start. Yeah, well, I just think it's because he's... All right. They were supposed they were, to be we're, we're, we're picking it apart too much at no, this point. No, you're picking it apart. You're supposed but to be But they're teenagers. not teenagers. And they weren't supposed to be teenagers Yes, they either. were. That No, now you're just... All right, the gang leader was probably 30 years old. What, the, 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 the Michael Jackson? The black guy that, said, that pulls the knife? Supposed no, to be teenagers. Now you're just getting silly. Supposed to be, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, mean, yeah, I know Hollywood hires people in their late twenties to place teenagers. We know that, but they were supposed to be teenagers. Nah, I guarantee, if you look up at the credits, it's teenager with knife or something like that. I doubt it. You, it's probably just going to be gang member with knife. You're just being silly. They were supposed I'm to be not teenagers. being silly. They were just. They were supposed you're to. You're being te- silly. They were supposed to be teenagers. I don't even know why you'd argue <laughs> that point. Here's uh, the thing: I know you won't argue. Yeah, okay. Crocodile Dundee was nominated for an Oscar. For best yes, it was right. What the fuck? <laughs> and and again, uh, I've mentioned this several times uh, during this podcast. I think people get taken away by certain things, uh, and and it didn't win. It just was nominated. It was nominated. Correct. Okay. I think people get taken away with certain away. films. What do you mean taken away? They, they, how do I define taken away without, I, use, I mean, it's exactly what I said. Use a different, I don't know what you mean. Use a different phrase. I just, I'm just, I'm, I'm not being a jerk. I honestly don't know what you mean. All right. Uh, I mean, they're taken by the film. They're, they're, uh, they're caught up in the film. Sure. Taken by. Okay. D- d- does that help any more than taken away? Yes, much. <laughs> All right. They're taken by the film. They enjoy the film. 
they nominate the film. Much in the same way that the artist won Best Picture and was nominated to win Best Picture. Okay. They were taken by now, the film in such a way that they gave it the Best Picture uh, uh, Oscar, along with, uh, I think, four others or whatever. But it, it, I've mentioned it before. That's what happened with this film. They're, they're taken by it much in the same way that they were okay. taken by Forrest Gump when it came out. Right. And looking back at Forrest Gump now... You know it is not the better film over Pulp Fiction. You Agreed. just know that. All right, but let's, let's let's lose this taken taken away, taken by bullshit, and just say the highest grossing film got the Oscar nod. All right, yeah. let's be blunt. Yeah, Top Gun would have got the Oscar nod. And Crocodile Dundee was the second highest. And my point is, now, I know what your point is. Okay, my point is Crocodile Dundee obviously. It, let's all right. Top Gun Which did not... just signifies what I just said. No, no, no. Just no, for it being the highest no, cause, grossest. No, because the country got taken taken by Top Gun, too. T- Top Gun took away a lot of people. And they felt that Crocodile Dundee was a better screenplay. Right, and that's bullshit. Now, now I want to... I want to... I wanna, no, no, seriously. I, Are you I sure Top Gun wasn't nominated as well? Yeah, I, I believe me. I'm talking to you. What I are the other four nominees, by the way? <sighs> if you, you want, have them. You want uh, for original screenplay? No, just the category that it was in. That's original screenplay. Then yes. I'll start with me, sir. Hannah and her sisters. What do you? Why am- would you ask me if you already knew the answer? One answer. I asked what you wanted. What you wanted? Because I can give you all ten. I asked you That's what the I other asked. four nominees were. You said and nominees. By me you say say- four. You said other nominees. I said the other other four. No- you didn't say God four. damn it! Are you gonna let me finish? I said the you other let, four. You gonna let me finish or not? Go ahead. Hannah and her sisters. Yeah. My beautiful laundrette. Hannah and her sisters won, right? Yes. Okay, go ahead. Platoon and okay. Salvador. Salvador. Right. Now, just just to give you that. Is that the, what Raul Julia? Uh, I don't know. Rick Boyle. Rick Boyle. It was Oliver Stone film, Salvador. I'm not sure if Raul Julia was in it. Uh, now, just to give you an idea. Yeah. Uh, adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. Winner was Room with a, Room with a View. Then you had Children of a Lesser God, Color of Money, Crimes of the Heart, and Stand By Me. A pretty much strictly drama-based category. Best screenplay, best original screenplay, it's all really, it's all drama, it's all serious films, except for Hannah and Her Sisters and Crocodile Dundee. So it's really, that's where you get your comedies in there. And comedies don't usually get, uh, well, they don't usually, they, comedies do get screenplay uh, uh, nominations more than they do in other areas. You know, you don't see best screenplay. I mean, you don't get, you don't see best film comedies usually. Okay. All right. Now, here's my point. Here's what I want to say. Let's assume, right, let's assume that that for some reason, Crocodile Dundee was thought to be a more structured, plausible screenplay than Top Gun. I'm not going to argue that. Maybe it is. I, I, I I'm not sure how artistic top gun is besides just being a you know again propaganda for the air force (laughs) but yeah i want to bring up two other films comedies that came out the same year and you tell me that crocodile dundee was better scripted okay i'm only i'm only gonna bring up two because they're 86 86 let me see if i can guess them go ahead go ahead and and these are both comedies yes i'm gonna give you two comedies we're just gonna compare apples to apples here Two comedies in 86. That I think are better written screen-wise than Crocodile Dundee. Short Circuit? No. <laughs> Not better written. I would put that right on the same level. You have the same stereotypes and everything. I would put that right about here. Better graphics, maybe, but yeah. 
or is short circuit 85? All right, you know what? Just tell me. Gung Ho. The Wraith? <laughs> Gung Ho. It's not a comedy. Gung Ho, okay. Right. I, I would say uh, Michael Keaton. Michael uh, Keaton. Directed by Ron Howard. Yeah, shitload of stereo stereotypes, but there's yeah. there, it's it's more serious comedy and there's there's more depth to it. And right. Uh, all right, and I'll go you one better. Also in the top ten that year, Ferris Bueller. Oh. Ferris Bueller was not nominated for a an, an Oscar for best screenplay. Crocodile Dundee was. <laughs> that sir is a travesty of justice. You can talk about being well, ta- talk about being taken by. How yeah. often? Tell me this. And, t- and 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 also, who made more money, Crocodile Dundee? Oh, I guess they get the Oscar nom then. Tell me this though. How often does just straight out comedies? Now it happened this year. With Bridesmaids, got right. nominated for screenplay. But how often does straight out comedies even get nominated? For screenplays, more often than they do for best picture or best directing, they're they're routinely snubbed. Uh, and straight comedies, if you're talking like uh, I'm just talking about a film like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, well, it's a straight comedy. Well, you could say straight. Co- there's a borderline when you say straight comedy. You could you you could be talking about there's a there's All right. a, you know what the scene with the Ferrari doesn't count as uh, uh, making no, it a dramatic see, film. Well, but you know, but there's a difference between straight comedy. And again, straight comedy doesn't doesn't necessarily mean poorly written or, or goofy. I mean, Bridesmaids. Uh, I, I don't know if that deserved to be. I'll be honest. I don't think Bridesmaids deserved to be nominated. I didn't think it was that great of a screenplay. Okay. But there have been other comedies that may be more nuanced. So they're, they're, they've got a dramatic element. They're still comedies. Right. Um, comedies do get nominated for screenplay, best screenplay. A lot of times they're you're more art house comedies, like okay. Little Sunshine, that kind of stuff. But they they do are nominated more often so, and even if they aren't, if it's rare, then if it's rare, they should be more uh, realistic than to give Crocodile Dundee best screenplay over Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which was a very well written screenplay, on several levels, both story, character. If you want to go down the list, that's a well written movie. Oh yeah, no. No doubt. So I mean, that's sure. that's my that's my point. That's my point. Crocodile Dundee, like most films, got it just because of the press behind it, the press push. Because I think I think Ferris Bueller, as popular as it was, really became more of a cult hit afterwards. Even despite the money it made, I don't think it became the phenomenon that Crocodile Dundee was until afterwards, which is why it sustained itself more long for a longer period of time. Yeah, I'll you know give what I'm saying. That. Sure. I, I I just I'm baffled that you would actually stand up for Hollywood about. <laughs> If that's what you call standing up for, then sure. <laughs> I can't think of many films that that you know I'm taken away with. Not lately. No. Taken by. Taken by. Taken away. Uh, does that wrap up our our review of both films? You think? I, I'm I'm done ranting about it. I don't think I forgot anything. I almost forgot to bring up the Oscar thing, but I got that at the end. Uh, and and honestly, once. Once this week is over, I, I will be much more prepared for our shows. I mean, we're prepared now. We know what we're talking about. Oh yeah. But um, now I mean, I, now, I, I, now, I watched the first film. I watched the second film, and I realized after I was done watching both that I didn't need to watch either one to do this. Yeah, I was almost the same thing, but there were I I I needed the reminder about the violence, 
about you know the 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 homogenization of the violence. Yeah. And 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 it really hammered home the the, the amount of stereotype. You gotta love the eighties. Stereotypes were just so the norm, and anything that came out had a, like a broad. You you put these same stereotypes now in a film today, and it's it's like it it, it doesn't even make it. Right. You know, the eighties was. It's, just, it's a time like no other. It, it really, really is. It really was. I miss the eighties. It's as bad as they in were. a lot of ways. I do miss. I miss it. It I was a right. horrible time period, but it was so great. Yeah, I mean, I looking back at it. I can't wait for that, for that film. That's made you know whether it be now, ten years, twenty, thirty years from now, uh, that takes place in the eighties, covers uh, a lot of the, a lot of the uh, whatever it be, uh, scenarios that happened in the eighties, whether it be politics or they or made Hollywood their already. Or, Hot tub time machine. Oh jeez. Shia <laughs> So much come. No, <laughs> semen. So much. Oh, that it's more funny. You're right. Yeah, semen. So much semen. Semen's funnier. Um, I feel pregnant. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm talking more more or less a a straight up film about the '80s. Whether not so much funny. I'm just talking about a movie that takes place in the '80s. And I'm not talking about like the wedding singer or anything like that. Give another chance. Much, your much t- like when they when they do a film like say. Uh, uh, like, just take for instance the movie The Cotton Club. Mm-hmm. I believe that was late '30s, early '40s. Give it, give it ten. And it years. grabbed the time period. Give it ten years, yeah. and David Fincher will do a do a, an '80s period piece about a serial killer. <laughs> so they can get wardrobe, you know, oh, really? Oscar Oscar for the wardrobe. Okay, sure. So, sir, I I made you watch Crocodile Dundee one and two. Not not a major hassle. No, I, I still enjoy both films. I, I wouldn't say I enjoy the films. I enjoy him. Again, I enjoy. I, I just maybe like Teach because, Maris. It's yeah. just it's just like Teach Maris. Like it, it, like the film or not, I found myself smiling just at him a few times. He's really a likable character. Mm-hmm. It's an individual. And maybe it's because how much I do actually like him, it forces it co- me to like the movie. It, it colors your view of the film. Yeah, yeah. I, I will admit that. Sure. I, if it, I think if it wasn't for him, I would hate the films much more than I do. Oh yeah, if he wasn't in them, sure. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, I agree with that. All right, uh, your movie challenge. It it was actually quite easy, and the reason it was quite easy it because this is a film you wanted to challenge me to but couldn't, but I can actually challenge it to you. I wanted to challenge you. To, yes, to you tell. did. I told you this. Yes, yes, you did. Oh, just tell recently. Me, tell me more. Uh, I could have challenged you to, you know, uh, what was uh, what was the film that he did? Uh, the Lightning Jack. Lightning Jack wasn't going to do that because I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't remember hating it. Almost an Angel, too easy. Uh, and looking down at above, uh, top to bottom, with the actors, people involved. Not that I couldn't find bad films. I just couldn't find any films that I wanted to challenge you to. I dig. I dig. You know? Not that any of them were good. So. So. Both films. Both films. See, What? I'm just trying to figure out how I can uh, have you guess. What's the link? Well, as soon as I say it, you're going to know. 
Well, then you just have to tell me the link. All right. In both films, he kills a snake. Wow, I, I thought you would have guessed it by now. And, and it's and it's you're li- okay. When you when I challenge you to shrimp on a Barbie, yeah. You you mentioned during that podcast because they were in Australia. You wanted to challenge me to a certain film. Okay, I love how the it just zoomed in as you're pondering this. It's it in my mind. In your head. Uh, you wanted to challenge me to a certain film because you wanted, because they were in Australia, you wanted to see a snake in some way. Snakes on a plane? Snakes on a plane. But you said two movies. Yeah. He kills a snake in Crocodile Dundee when they're out in the bush. Okay. He pulls it from behind her, grabs it, snaps its neck. I was trying to think of two films. I thought you were challenging no, me the two movies. I'm talking about both of these films. I thought you were challenging me the two movies that had snakes killed oh, them God. both. Sorry. I would, never, I would never do that to you. You like to do it to me for now, some reason. Now, we've seen Snakes on a Plane. We saw it together. We did. And, but and we've never reviewed it. Now we can actually do a full review. You know, we've, we've got to do, oh, uh, yeah, that's going to be a nice one. <laughs> I, I'm going to rewatch that, definitely. Oh, I'm wa- absolutely rewatching it. And then uh, in the second film, uh, he's walking with Sue, and there's uh, the, the snake charmer with the, you know, the, the pipe and all that. Mm-hmm. flute and he just goes and he snaps its neck and kills it and he's like what the fuck happened to my snake so he kills a snake in both movies so i'm taking the theme of just the snake being present so, so i can challenge you snake to killing. snakes on a plane snake killing snake killing okay could be worse could have been anaconda could have been anaconda i was actually thinking about challenging you to um perils of gwendolyn <laughs> or or gwendolyn as Ouch. it's known in france Although I would like to challenge that or get challenged uh, that film later on. You're just looking for an excuse to watch like half-naked movie. What, Tony Katane? Who? Uh, Tony Katane. Who's She's that? the chick that's naked in the film. Oh, okay. You know, she was the one on the, the in the White white Snake video on top of the car. It's like very famous. Really, dude? You were born and alive. Well, not born in the 80s, but you were alive in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah I didn't pay attention to the music shit there. You, that listen, much. you couldn't avoid seeing Co- Tony Katane on that fucking car in that video. But you could avoid knowing what her name was. It's just synonymous with the 80s music video. Seriously. Type Tony Katane in a Google search, White Snake comes up, uh, comes up immediately. Well, what are you doing? I I'm checking, looking at I'm checking my phone. That's all. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. So next next week, next week we'll be appearing on live stream. Yes, at at, at livestream dot com slash movie sucktastic at eight o'clock. That's gonna eight be our o'clock. normal time from here on in. Uh, this delay the delay tonight was my fault. So from there, from starting next week, every Thursday night, rain or shine, even if we just even if we just pop in to say hi and play a movie because we're too tired. You will find us every Thursday night at 8 p.m. at livestream.com slash moviesfantastic. Uh, Once our channel gets verified, I think it's actually tv.moviesucktastic.com. Oh. And then it'll just, it'll send them right to the live stream page. But we don't have enough uh, video 
to get verified yet. I mean, we, we we've had only bandwidth, but we, we've only just started doing the videos. Yeah, right. We've only started the videos, so it's it may take a few more weeks to get verified. That way, you know, when we get verified, I can put things like movie trailers in there, mm -hmm. clips of movies, you know, all the stuff that I played during the break today. I could put that in there for people to watch. Just all kinds of fun stuff. You turn into the channel, and it's playing can, when, when we're not there. It's playing. Right. It's. And we'll Think be of it there. as, you know, like Still you have playing. HBO, you have Cinemax, you have Movie Sucktastic. Movie Sucktastic. That's right. Now, we before like we end the show. Signs for Movie Sucktastic. Before yeah. we end the show, we, um, we always, and we keep forgetting to mention it in the beginning of the show, is when we tell people to go to iTunes, to download our shows there, to review us and things oh, like that. If you listen to us, review us on iTunes. That is, if you want to help us. But you can't send money because you're stuck in a scrippling economy or because you don't know how to work, uh, you know, if you don't have a bank account or you, you, you want to you buy my books, but you don't know how to read. Or, you know, any, any, <laughs> if you want to give money to us and help us in this, in this uh, pointless endeavor that we have undertaken for no other reason than to hear ourselves talk and but in some way make you listen to it anyway, uh, in which case, if, you know, if you want to help support this kind of oral torture that we're pushing upon strangers uh if you like what we're doing and want us to do more and you, you can't send money and there's nothing monetary you can do for us go to itunes and review us and give us a give us a good rating if yes. you're going to give us a bad rating don't bother because we don't need that go and give us a good rating if you want to give us a bad rating give us a good one and think bad thoughts well Yes, I agree with that. But if you're going to give us a bad rating, uh -oh. I'm going to read this uh -oh. one-star review. I'm <laughs> we, sorry. I should have mentioned our, this weeks we, ago. We should talk more about our bad reviews because that's always a good sign. Well, no. If you're going to give us a one-star review, then you should write it with a little more intelligence than this one-star review. Okay? Here's, here's, here's the one-star review. I'm glad uh, this that. is by user Anna Banana Forty Two. Okay, it's like listening to your sister's annoying younger brother whine. Now, let's just take that first part of the sentence. Can I can I take the Anna Banana Forty Two part? Sure. That means forty one other people were unoriginal enough to choose Anna Banana as a name. Yes. And she still went with it. She still did. But the first line. It's like listening to your sister's younger brother whine. Wouldn't that make it your fucking brother too? Well, yeah, but it sounds funnier if she says your No, it doesn't sound funnier. It doesn't sound it does. funnier at all. Okay. It doesn't sound funny at all. I'm just trying to get into her mind. Um, um, no, stop it. It's like listening to your sister's. Why would you refer to your sister's brother when it's your fucking brother too? I think you're so. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't so? Shouldn't this line actually say it's like listening to your friend's annoying brother whine? Because in any other instance, it's your fucking brother too. Maybe I mean, if one no, 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 well, I'm going to uh, read the second half, and then you can go ahead and say that. Okay, go ahead. I love podcasts that riff on awful movies, but this is obnoxious. And then uh, you actually had gone and clicked this person's screen name right, now and I, looked at the other things that they were reviewing. So I, go ahead. I, I, am, I am obnoxious, so she's partly right there. 
Mm. Uh, I, I, I like to think it's part of our charm is my obnoxiousness and then your your uh, your pleasant demeanor hmm. and, and an ability to to uh, do accents. Both. Um, <laughs> I, I I did after you complained about it. I went in and I looked. I mean, I, as a writer, I've gotten bad reviews on Amazon, and I don't comment on bad reviews. I don't reply to them. Right. I, I do search out their, their uh, home addresses, but not to do anything, just so I know that if, if I had to, I could, if I did okay. want to. So I do, I do research and find out what else they've reviewed and find out where they live, that kind of thing. I never act on it. Uh, so I did look at her record of what she reviewed, okay. and I found that she reviewed six, other, six podcasts, and three of them were solely dedicated to The Walking Dead. Now, yes. now that I is find, true. I yes, well, I know it's true. I said it. Um, now I'm I agreeing with you. I well, you don't have to, which is a fact. You don't have to agree on a fact; it's just there. Um, okay. Now I, I find I, I I'm a Lost fan. Yes, and I I, and I I subscribed to a bunch of Lost podcasts, and I listened to about one and a half of them, and I deleted them all because I can't think of anything more annoying than than a show uh, than a podcast that talks about the same one topic over and over and over again. And I don't mean a broad topic. I mean like if we just if if our whole show was okay, we're going to talk about Jimkata every week. I mean, eventually you just you just want to punch one of us in the face quicker than you would normally. Um, <laughs> So the idea of a, a podcast devoted entirely just to talking about The Walking Dead, well, all right, whatever. But I know for a fact, I, I would put good money on the fact that the reason this person uh, gave us a negative review is because she listened to our zombie episode, and she heard me bad-mouthing The Walking Dead. Because The Walking Dead is an overhyped, poorly written, uh, pseudo-talk, not talk show, pseudo, uh, it's getting too late. It's 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 a yeah, it it's a bullshit wannabe soap opera pseudo zombie show that was just as boring as a comic book that it is now as a show, and uh, the the I was I was a fan of it for the first episode and a half and quickly lost interest in it when it became so uh, PC and and with a liberal agenda. And I'm a liberal and I, I I can't I can't abide the liberal agenda of this film and it's so unrealistic and placating and insulting to the audience and I think it's shit. Uh, and, and well, and, and and with that said, I think you're completely wrong on all, but just everything that you mentioned in that episode. Oh yeah, you know, I, def I defended the show. She did. See, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's the if if that is the the case. If you listen it. to that, I, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm right, but I, I would put money on it. Just well, see, I defended the, the show, power. and maybe us going back and forth they with don't you shitting on it, with me defending it, she found that obnoxious. I don't see, know. All I'm trying to point out is that I'm the reason people don't listen to our show. <laughs> I, I annoy people. I piss people off. I say inappropriate things about things, and I'm, I'm the first person to, uh, to, to trash uh, other things other people uh, love, like George Romero films. And this drives people away, and it's my fault. I drive people away. I, I wouldn't say it's your fault. I drive people away. No, I don't think you do. <laughs> I don't think you do. Uh, and again, have you delved into the second season or finished any of the first season before you uh, completely shit you, on it? You, I, you can bet your ass I'm going to now. <laughs> We're gonna, Scott We're Wilson gonna... is in it. I, I, Scott Wilson's an excellent actor. I love Scott he's, Wilson. He's great in it, too. Scott Wilson is great in anything. He's, he um, really is. You can bet your ass we're going to have a Scott Trash's uh, Walking Dead Season 2 episode because I'm tearing that shit apart. I'd love to hear your take on it. I, I can't wait to watch it. I'm sure it's boring. 
it's not it was a very good season. I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm sure the guy in the the old guy in the funny hat gives us a philosophical platitude every fifteen minutes. The old I, guy in the funny hat. I mean, I mean, there's an old guy in a funny hat in the show. Uh, I, I'm sure that the this group splits up at least uh, once an episode, uh, so we can have two convergent storylines because that's so much more exciting when nothing's happening in two different places at once. Uh, and, and I'm sure that there are some other uh, reverse racial stereotypes that we can feel good about, uh, as long as we ha- as long as we have one stereotypical hick to be the bad guy uh, towards them. I mean, I'm sure it's all there. We'll see. And the love triangle, because when you're fighting for your life in a post-apocalyptic zombie world, you're gonna have a love triangle. Again, I read the comic book when it came out. That was fucking boring. Anyway, it was way better than the comic. Yeah. Oh, enough with that. You, you want my review? <laughs> wait, 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 move the screen back. You want my review of <laughs> Walking Dead Part 2? <laughs> hold on. I guess. You, you should hold your hand lower hold and on, just have on. it bob up. Just. <laughs> oh! Anyone, anyone that's downloaded uh, the MP3, you just you got off easy just now. <laughs> if you're watching it, I, 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 did I get feel off. so sorry for you. I did just get you. off easy. <laughs> oh... Oh, all right. Uh, are we done? You can I listen think... to us on iTunes. You can find us at moviesucktastic.com. Are you playing the music? Uh, yes, I am. You can, you can listen to us on iTunes. You can catch us at moviesucktastic.com. You can listen to us on Zune. Stitcher. Stitcher. Which uh, uh, they're in BMWs now, so now there's an even uh, greater way. For the for BMW drivers to get distracted by listening to our show. Oh, by the way, if you're a, just just to prove my point here, if you're listening to Movie Sucktastic and you're in a B, in a BMW right now, listening to us on Stitcher, thank you and fuck you. <laughs> use a goddamn turn signal, and and use it to get off the fucking road. I had somebody riding my ass today in a BMW mm-hmm. down a street that I know is uh, is heavily. Um, sur- uh, has uh, s- surveyed surveillance by police. It's fucking late. <laughs> you can listen to us on Podcast Pickle and Podcast yeah. Pop. Uh, you can you can go to smichaelwilson.com to see what this guy's up to. You can go to your local bookstore and pick up Uncle John's Flush Fiction, which uh, is a new anthology coming out this month in April. And you can buy that. And one of the many short stories, humorous short stories in that book, is written by yours truly. And if you uh, approach me with a copy of that book, I will sign the book, uh, and which will have no effect on anybody's life whatsoever. But it, it's, it's a distraction for a couple seconds. You won't sign the book if I give it to you. We'll sign yours. Yeah, well, I'll sign your book if you give it to me. <laughs> I'll, actually, I'll sign any book if you hand it to me. If you hand me any book, I will sign it. Okay. Doesn't matter who wrote it. I will sign that book. <laughs> uh, you can also. What else Sounds can like they do to us? Go to livestream.com slash right. to watch our older episodes that are up there. Uh, you right. can also find us on Mevio. You can also go to YouTube and go to our Movie Sucktastic channel. You can go to lunch.com and go to our Movie Sucktastic channel. And you can go to all of this stuff from the Movie Sucktastic hub that is moviesucktastic.com or, right. or badmovieday.com just to confuse you with two different names. They all go to the same place. And instead of parting words of wisdom, I'm going to read to you a list of possible literary magazine titles I've come up with for the Warren County Community College Literary Magazine, which I'm editing this year, co-editing. 
Uh, okay. so, so instead of my normal words of wisdom, I'm going to read my possible titles for a literary magazine. You can tell me which one you like best. Uh, I've got Emotional Support Pinata, uh-huh. uh, Concrete Heart for the Poet People, uh, Ethereal Quantities, uh, you know, Algebra, Emerald of Ashes. I actually got that in a search engine. I don't know what that's from. Lonely Gifts. Uh, I think that's masturbation. A Future in Retrospect. It's supposed to be you know, a tricky thing. Living Severed Head. That's, they're not going to take that, but I tried anyway. Nature versus Nurture. Just sociology bullshit, not work. Divine Circles. Garbage. Empty Stages. Poetic, but means nothing. Edible Bondage. I was going for Food Chain, but I don't know bondage in a college magazine. Maybe it'll work. Uh, Entropy in Verse. I like that because it's depressing. And Regrettable Pseudonyms which actually is a good idea for a short story. I may do that instead and, and keep that for myself. Uh, and so the, my words of wisdom would probably, would probably be to not make lists like this. Or it takes so long to talk about them. <laughs> wow. We're in soft music. You know that. We're in the soft music. I don't. <laughs> you want to talk about me beating around the bush? You can hear us on <laughs> taking, iTunes. Taking too long. <laughs> Review us on iTunes. <laughs> yeah. Leave us voicemail. Completely forgot to talk about our voicemail. Well, because I, I knew you'd bring it up, sir. Please. Oh, okay, sure. It's uh, 908-514-4470. 908-514-4470. I love when you repeat that because I know you hate that. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I do. But I, but I feel twice is is enough. It, you know, when you... When you ugh, these fucking radio commercials where they, they literally say it five times in a row. Now, 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 who's, now who's taking too much time I'm ranting now. What, what do I do? <laughs> I, you want me to read for my book of poems again? No. I will. <laughs> it's all right. Let's end the show, goddammit. All right. Holy and, fucking and, balls. And remember, just because you like it doesn't make it a good movie. That's right. All right. We'll talk to you next week. I'm talking to you, David. Yep. Oh, boy. Bye. Right, bye-bye.